0: Have you ever heard of Govinda? What about a guy named Dave Tipper? If you've encountered even one of these two along your musical journey, then your taste in music is nothing short of refined at this point. If not, let's enhance that palette a little bit and expand your catalog. Welcome to the fourth episode of Uniquity Over Ubiquity, the show that gets down to the nitty gritty of what it takes to establish yourself as a unique artist, rather than being a ubiquitous drop in a pool of the masses. The main content of this show takes an artist that is currently rising in their field and asks them about an artist that inspired them to get into art themselves. Through comparative, personal, not-so-average questions, we give you the opportunity to dive into what inspires the people that inspire you the most. I'm your host and creator of the show, Kyle Parker. A little about myself, I am a tech geek that loves to write comedy and dabbles in music production. A couple of years ago, I attended an online course with the Second City Comedy School in Chicago. The class was based on writing a podcast, and by the end of it, our final project ended up being a full episode. That's how Uniquity Over Ubiquity came to be. This episode's guest, Govinda, is a super refined and long-standing electronic music producer who loves to incorporate a variety of cultural sounds and music into his songs. He started studying violin and music composition at the young age of eight. After going on to study classical violin at the University of Texas, he fell in love with electronic music. The rest is history from there. If you have been fortunate enough to see one of his shows, then you already know it is a truly immersive experience where the visual aspect perfectly matches every intricate portion of his music. The way all of the senses are adhered to through his live performance is truly awe-inspiring. I'd highly recommend checking it out if you haven't had the chance. He is usually joined by his girlfriend and amazing dancer, Jordan, who will be featured on the next episode after this one. Govinda has a natural way of making you feel like you're traveling the moment the speakers send the sound to your ears. His deep, punchy, full bass, combined with the multitude of instruments and foreign samples he uses, makes you forget about the land around you as you connect with the whole world and get enveloped in sound styles you may not have heard before. I'm going to go ahead and play a couple of songs by Govinda now. The first song I'm going to play is called Zenobia from his album Transcendence. Here's Plant the Seed from the album Resonance. Your song for everyone, hold up your hands and love yeah. Yeah. And here's a song called Nebulous Space from his upcoming album, Burning Rings of Helios. Govinda was nice enough to sit down and chat with us about one of his many inspirations, Dave Tipper. Tipper is a glitchy, scratchy, surround sound designer from England that can take you on a journey from down-tempo all the way up to hip-hop level intensity. This is a man whose mysterious nature may be the only bit of identity he has other than the name Dave Tipper. If you've ever had the chance to witness his musical skill live, usually accompanied by amazing visuals from artists such as Jonathan Singer, Android Jones or others of that caliber, you know how deep his sounds and environments can be. Tipper is taking the underground world by storm. He has been through many facets of music making, producing the first surround soundtrack, and even being signed to Sony briefly. His career has seen a varied range, starting back in what was called his fuel years in the late 90s, in which he and a team built six 18-inch subwoofers and a huge assortment of other speakers into the back of two 1970s black Dodge Challengers. When these cars pulled up to a location, hydraulics would raise the speaker systems out of the trunks, and you'd basically have club-level sounder better smacking you in your incredibly confused face. Eventually, through discovering most labels weren't compatible with his vision, he came to create Tipper Music. Being featured in festivals and gaining more notoriety in the underground community, he is now running his own curated events and bringing like-minded wobbly people together. He's done quite a bit just to be around and exist alone. Even having heart surgery, which he raised money for through his music. If you listen to the songs I have selected in the Spotify playlist, you can almost see the intricacies of his musical process and truly be enveloped in every sound as it creeps around you, crawls across your skin, and sends chills from your eardrums directly to your mind and through your spine. So without further ado, here's Govinda talking with me about Tipper. How you doing today, everybody? I am sitting down with the great and wonderful Govinda. He has decided to take the time out of his beautiful trip here in Denver to sit down with me in my studio and talk a little bit about him and Tipper and how the two kind of relate. Uh, he considers Tipper to be a bit of an inspiration. Let it be known that Govinda draws a lot of inspiration from a lot of different areas, so this is not his main inspiration. In no way are we saying that, but it's pretty obvious to see. Um, you know, they they do kind of stomp around in the same circles. So uh, let's let's get into it. First of all, Govinda, how you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming in. Um, Let's get started with the question that I ask everybody. What makes Tipper stand out to you?
1: I think what makes Tipper stand out um, to me and probably everyone is his technical ability is, is so far beyond what most people have seen, especially, you know, in the beginning. Now there's a, a lot of producers who are, are testing those boundaries too. But he really inspired me being able to create that technical, like some of the sounds just nobody's ever heard before. And how do you do that? What do you call it? It's just kind of a wizard back there. And it was really inspiring to me. And it created um, a lot of the psychedelic kind of nature of my sound over the last few years uh, or five years as well, which I don't know is always a good thing because it kind of made me a little bit more uh, less accessible (laughs) to mainstream ears. But but, hey, I like it. I think it's amazing just that audio journey that you can go through and just get lost in 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 the subtleties and the sound.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that fully. Um as far as artists go, and I, I would consider you in this facet too, very immersive. You know, he's 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 super technical, mm-hmm. very intricate with everything that he does. And I think uh he's He's very hell-bent and bred on creativity, which I also get a lot of out of your music, too. There's a lot of different sounds and experiences that seem to be happening whenever I listen to your stuff, so I can absolutely see how that applies to you and him. Absolutely. What was your experience like listening to him for the first time?
1: I don't know if I remember an exact first time that I heard his music, but I think in general, like... uh like I said, it just brought me to a place where I was excited because he was using sounds that I never heard before or didn't know how to make. Usually I can kind of listen to something and figure out, you know, what VST or how to, like, do a squelch or, you know, specific simple sounds. But some of the stuff um, I was hearing was really, like, taking me to uh, another, uh, another dimension. <laughs> so... um I guess um, that was more of my experience is just excitement and couldn't wait to get in the studio and try to figure
0: some of the shit out. I can only imagine from a producer's standpoint how it is to listen to someone like him because I'm just now touching on production and I'm just now getting into it and to try to emulate some of the sounds that even you make or he makes or most of the artists that I love. It's crazy. And I, I think it says a lot that other producers can listen to him and still be like,
1: what the yeah?
0: What the fuck is he doing mm-hmm. right now? Right. Right? That's crazy. Right. So, uh, that's, yeah, that, that's an excellent point about him. He had this thing I, I read about in some of the forums with, uh, with a, a, a man named Richie Warren, where they took very old hot rod vehicles and they turned them into these giant speaker systems, and they would just pull up in these lots, and the trunk would pop out speakers, and he would just start bumping all this crazy ass new music that he was doing that no one had ever really heard before, a bunch of break beats and all kinds of crazy shit. And um, I guess at one point he even played it outside of the Prodigy concert, and there was noise bleed <laughs> at a Prodigy concert. Uh, and so, nice. yeah, I know. I mean, like, how do you even accomplish that feat? And so. It's pretty cool because he de- developed himself uniquely through that, and he kind of made something special happen with that, and made a uh, made a symbol for himself. Do you have any anything that you want to build that stands out in that way, or that you have built that stood out in that way, that kind of separated you? Uh, in, in other words, what is your fuel car? Absolutely, yeah. That's a, I like this question because definitely do.
1: However, I do think the, the fuel car is way cooler than my idea. <laughs> but uh, I've always had a vision to create a multi-sensory experience uh, with the show, not just pretty things to listen to, but also to titillate the senses, taste, smell, feeling, you know, all the other senses at the show to, to create this experience for, for the audience or the listener. And so in the beginning of Govinda Times... um, a very long time ago, I won't say how long. Let's just say 20 years. <laughs> um, I actually created this experience where I got Indian food catered because I did a more Indian kind of sounding music back then. And we had massage therapy. We had some chair massages set up, which we still do that. And uh, also pumped out some essential oils smells like that were designed to evoke certain emotions with the music as the set progressed and we had diffusers so people could smell you can kind of get into it on a different level and it was this multi-sensory experience coming to the show that's always been my vision so and then of course the dancers were something pretty to see dance is a huge part of the show and my vision and always has been so um The multi sensory really is kind of what I always want to create in in the shows.
0: And that's that's interesting. That that's really crazy because it it makes your music more palpable, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like I I feel like if I went to that show later on I'd be like eating one of those dishes and I'd be like, oh shit. Mm -hmm. That was oh, man, do you guys remember back at Govinda whenever we, like, you know what I mean? And, like, that's that's really cool because that ties so many things to memory and that also gives you so many different ways because we're, I mean, it's 2019. I don't think we're all only satisfied by hearing things anymore. We need so many things going on at one time these mm-hmm. days. So, like, to actually be hitting us from all different senses is a really cool idea and I totally admire that and... Although I wouldn't say it's as massive as what Tipper did, I would still consider it as cool because that's yeah. that's building an entire environment. It's almost like a simulation at that point. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you, if you closed your eyes, you're pretty much in where this music came from. You know what I mean? I like that. Totally. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good idea. So let's see. He's been noted as doing a show right after a car accident, doing a show while feeling extremely ill. What was the time you had to just power through and play, and how did you stay motivated through it?
1: Yeah, I I was thinking about this question and this answer, and the only thing that really comes up, I've never really had something. (laughs) Let's just say it. um, I was in Portland, and I had to pee really bad. (laughs) I mean, it was bad. And uh, luckily, the DJ booth was closed in, so you couldn't see from the audience. And there was no way I was going to get to the bathroom. It was in the back of the room, and the place was completely sold out. So I had to make a decision. Was I going to piss myself or (laughs) uh, find the closest empty uh, Ozarka water bottle and uh, whip it out? So I had one arm uh, fist pumping up to the crowd and the other hand down down below doing the business.
0: The great thing about that is that you don't have to shake because you're already shaking. You're already shaking, <laughs> yeah. Thank
1: God I didn't miss. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. So that was that was a rough one, and I had to make a pretty uh, –
0: <laughs> I mean, I, it was hard not to laugh, actually. <laughs> hey, the things we do for live music, okay? It's that, good yeah, that you yeah, haven't yeah. had to be in a situation where you had to go that – that hard. Yeah, I know. And, you know, make something happen when you're feeling like absolute shit, but that's awesome. Uh, That's funny. Well, yeah, it's sad. Tipper has had,
1: Dave Tipper has had a lot of tragedy that he's overcome, which I'm so happy to hear. He's such a nice guy and uh, had the pleasure of meeting him a few times and played shows with him as well. So um, he's such a good guy and he deserves his accolades
0: you know what i feel like some of the best people always seem to have it the hardest and they just continue to be the best even more so which is crazy to me that guy uh yeah he definitely drives a lot of good Mm -hmm. just in the community all over the place and he makes things really 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 positive and i really really admire that about him same he sometimes uses flatulence such as burps and farts in his music Mm -hmm. What is something weird that you have made into music before, and how did you land on using that sound in that way? Probably
1: the thing that I do the most, which is the most different from anyone else, is making my violin sound like it's something else. And sometimes you don't always know that it was a violin that created that sound if you're not me in the studio doing it. But I use a lot of effects sometimes, the wah, to create filters, to kind of make it talk. And then, you know, I also use the violin in a, a very natural way to sound like a, an actual violin. So I do both. But I'm definitely inspired by the squish. I love all the farty sounds that he makes. Like, I mean, they're not actual farts, obviously. Like, I learned that ways you can do that using <clears throat> plugins and instruments. And it's really, it's just fun to make a fart sound. In your music. <laughs> or a squish or like something that makes you feel like you're swimming or dreaming or something. I don't know.
0: Let's be real, it's fun to make a fart sound at any time. Just one of those In things any that just, situation. yeah, I don't care how old you are, it you're just like, never gets old. Uh, it's always funny, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I definitely I definitely remember at one point being like, I don't know if I'll ever be so old that the word poop doesn't make me <laughs> laugh. You know what I mean? Uranus jokes, you never get old. For sure. Exactly. There was a actually the the demo episode that I made for this whenever I told you I submitted this podcast as a project the demo episode we talked about Jaco Pastorius mm-hmm. and one of the things that was mentioned about him was he took the bass guitar and made not so bass guitar sounds mm-hmm. you know what I mean like he could like it, it almost had like a lead feel to it which yeah. was really weird and so it's it's cool to be I think that's the coolest thing about what we do with music these days, especially is like, we'll take something like, like there was a, there was a video or there's some series of videos that somebody just showed me the other day too, where they'll like take like a very small sample of music and then they'll give it to five different producers and they'll see how they differently do it. And like, like, I mean, it's just so many different ways that they could approach it. And like all the artists Mm -hmm. listen to it and it's just, it's so, it's so crazy how we can change things to make them a, and, mm-hmm. and control the sound and design it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I admire that in anyone that can do that. He says he has a knack for excessive focus when it comes to his music. Do you feel that way? Or do you really have to try hard to get into that gear and stay in it? Also, how do you sidestep distractions?
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm a pretty hyper-focused person, luckily. I, I have a lot of friends who have a hard time with that, with a D D or being easily distracted. When I get in my zone, when I get in the in the studio, um, maybe just, you know, a couple shots of espresso or some, you know, some water. That's really all I need. And I can get super hyper focused into the studio time. Now getting into the studio is a different challenge because I definitely have to be inspired or have like an idea that I would like to explore in the studio before i actually get in there but just once i get in there i'm good but i don't go every day because i don't want to just you know create bullshit. I, it has to i have to be inspired or have an idea or an inspiration to get in there sidestepping distractions uh i turn off my phone or i don't have it in there um, unless i'm like expecting a call but I think the biggest distraction nowadays as an independent producer is social media. It's so hard because we're expected now to keep up these social media uh, personas and, and keep posting and engage with the the audience, which is awesome, but it definitely gets in the way of the actual art that we're producing. Um, and and the fact that it's also on your computer right next to your DAW, you know, it's like <laughs> it's it's... Good to just like disconnect from that, I think, when you're in um, creation mode, otherwise you're just gonna keep hearing the dings and getting messages but uh that's the main distraction I feel these days
0: that is I'm really glad that you brought that up because i. As an individual recently, and I'm sure we all have done this, especially with all the random news circulating around social media and all the different stuff that's been happening. I was like, you know what? I, I, I sang the song that everyone sang before. You know what? I'm done with social media. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to get off social media. And then all of a sudden I was like, all right, guys, I'm starting a podcast. And then like every marketing thing that I went to, they were yeah. like, you got to be on Facebook. You got to be on Instagram hashtags are life. And I'm like, it's hard to get around. these I'm days." Like, yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like now I have to go, like I had to like deactivate my fucking Facebook. And then I like, I, I went, I, I now I'm on there all the time and it's crazy. Cause you'll be like, Oh, I'm going to go ahead and market my podcast really quick. And then you're like, wait, I have three notifications. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. I didn't know that Jennifer Aniston wore that to, like, and (laughs) you know, you're like, God, like, what what happened? So, (laughs) so I think that's something to keep in mind if you do get into anything media related is there needs to be a marketing mode and a creation mode. So true. You know what I mean? Like, and if there can't be a marketing mode and a creation mode, there needs to be someone in marketing that's working for you that you're not doing that because for sure it's uh and that's that's where I'm at now is
1: finding somebody to and I've had other social media, you know, managers uh before but I think I want to have a full-time person because it's just too distracting to, to the music.
0: It's too much work. It's yeah. too much work. Um, on top of like, cause I like, that's the thing I'll, I'll make this, I'll make this episode and I'll sit down and edit it and I'll have it all ready, pre-packaged, ready to go. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'm ready. And I'm I'm done working. And then I'm like, all right, now I gotta go on Facebook and post this like sixteen times. Yeah. Like so, it's it. It would be nice to actually just be able to hand off that responsibility, and I guess that's as you gain more status, you're yeah. capable of doing that. Right. So I I hope that that's possible for you because, um, your art is good, and I would like for you to be able to focus on that. Absolutely. You know, if anybody's listening to this that is good at that and wants to reach out,
1: I'm super open to it. At this point,
0: I'll be sure to put <laughs> your contact info in the bio too. So. Cool. So let's see. He said, non-linguistic, non-syntactical sound, in my opinion, can convey a lot more raw emotion and complex information than its somewhat rigid and linear counterpart. Hmm. How do you feel about the use of lyrics in music, and how do you try to use them in a way that won't take them away from your music?
1: Yeah, no, he does that very well. I also believe that melody and words can access a certain part of a listener's mind that non-lyrical music doesn't I really like to mix vocals and melodies with bass, you know, I think it it balances out the sound and it it allows more people in the world to connect to it. I think a lot of people turn off if they can't relate to something and a lot of times relating is about the words. They can't really hear the production as well. If you're going to do instrumental music, being tipper is probably a good thing. <laughs> um, I think I, I really like to utilize singers, very minimal lyrics. It's not something I want people to, you know, cerebralize too much. Just something to kind of create a feeling and a, and a mood. But I do like the use of minimal lyrics and melodies mixed with bass, mixed with beats, and weird glitchy sounds I think it's a it's a great balance
0: so so you're so you're more about the actual flow of it rather than thinking or pondering as much would you say yeah okay yeah cool yeah and I I can definitely get that from you know seeing your shows it's not so specific on any actual idea more so as it is just about movement yeah which I absolutely I totally feel for sure and it's crazy because when I got into music, I was very into lyricism and rap. And now most of the music that I listen to is instrumental. And I still love rap, but I like the I, I like the headspace that it creates whenever you're listening to a good song and you can just kind of like freely think and not really being told anything. Absolutely, yeah. I create more mood music, more
1: uh, a vibe where somebody could you know, be doing something else at the same time, maybe cooking dinner or having a conversation. And I feel like the lyrics and the melody sometimes will, uh, distract you. And then you're, you're focusing on, on that more than creating the mood around you.
0: Yeah, definitely. The lyrics can definitely cut in and plant things and kind of disrupt. So I agree with that. Cool. He said, I make music because it helps to manage the oddity of the human experience. How has music helped you see or understand the world differently? I've been making music my whole life. I come from an artistic
1: family. I was never really um in a family that was normal and had normal jobs. So that's all I know. That's how I see the world. It's I can't really relate to other people that have like 9 to 5 jobs as much um because I've just never never experienced that. But as an artist, I really love my job, I love what I do, it really allows me the freedom to think freely and surround myself with other artistic people who also think freely and it makes for a really like fluid, fun, free life where I don't have to, you know. uh, the, The only bad thing about it is that I'm really disconnected to things like politics and religion and I don't understand any of that stuff I'm just more of a like fluid free thinker who likes to create pretty noises <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> and it limits my ability to to relate to a lot of people who don't do that I wouldn't change it I love doing what I do it it makes my experience of of being human really really fresh and and fun
0: That's awesome and super inspiring because I think that's what, you know, to get into art and to be desired and relevant as an artist is a special thing. It's not very easy to accomplish. It takes hard work and talent, which people often don't have one of those. You know what I mean? Uh, they, they, they don't have, they don't have a good work ethic or they don't have the talent to accomplish it. So mm-hmm. to be able to merge those two into one solid business, even mm-hmm. I guess you could say, because that's what it ultimately comes down to eventually is that it has to be business. It's really nice to be able to live that freely yet still maximize on your own self and your own talent.
1: Yeah. And I also think that that's
0: the difference between me and a
1: lot of artists I see out there is that I do have a really good work ethic. I don't know where I got it. I know my parents were that way. Um, And I have a good business sense. Those are two things that if you're going to be an artist and be self-employed, it's great to have because a lot of artists just get lost in the art and don't know how to connect that to the listener. So I think it's good to to find that balance if you're going to, you know, not buy into the nine to five world, the corporate world.
0: I do not want to buy into the corporate <laughs> world, so I will take that advice strongly. <laughs> uh, and I hope others on this show do, too, because I feel like most of the people that are on here are listening because they're either interested in the art that they experience or they're interested in making art themselves. And although a lot of what comes up in this show is that it's not easy to be an artist, it is worth it most of the time, as long as you still have some kind of control over the trajectory of it in your own way, and you can make sure that it's staying true to the vision that you initially created on your own to begin with. Uh, well that, said. Yeah, thank you very much. That's why That's why we do these things on our own. That's why we make these things for ourselves. And if other people like it, that's like really fucking awesome too. Uh, so he says, I cannot see the pleasure or personal merit in doing the same thing over and over again. How do you make sure you're always changing it up while still maintaining the Govinda sound? Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I agree with him fully on that. Um,
1: I get bored really easily with the same sound and the same, you know, playing the same show over and over again, the same songs. I'm always inspired by art throughout time. I've been doing Govinda for over 20 years. I'm not trying to make the same sounds I was 20 years ago. I look at artists around me currently and draw inspiration from their sounds. And it creates, it it helps my sound evolve and stay fresh and stay new that's fun for me that's that's my expression of art i'm not chasing like anything i'm just like continually inspired by something new and and it keeps it fresh for me it keeps me excited about making music i know a lot of people create a sound and they stick to it for you know and then they have their their fans from 30 years ago who you know but I'm just not that kind of artist. I like to keep it changing and I've definitely lost some some fans over the years because I started out my sound was a lot uh, more chill out and it was a lot more Indian and I was inspired by the festival culture. I was inspired by the artists that were coming out during that time and the sounds and the bass and so my sound has changed, and I'm excited about it. Um, but there are some people who are always, oh, I liked his older stuff better. Or, but there's just as many people that say, I like your newer stuff better. So, you know, I'm just going to continue to uh, be true
0: to what is coming out of my soul. So That's the main, I think that's the main root of what this show really breaks down to is that, you know anyone can get up there and just play cover songs or play templates or you know trace something i mean i mean you know like you can do any of the easy shortcuts but you're never going to be original if you don't do something that's true to like your actual soul and your actual historical growth uh you know i mean I, you, you you uh you hear so many artists and they have so many inspirations like you know I I know this wasn't your only answer I think it's our duty as artists to preserve what we grew to know in art and then also make it new with what we are experiencing currently like all the time you know mm-hmm. It's like a merging of the two my past experiences my past favorite artists they all kind of blend together but then also I have all these other things that go on in my own personal life. Like I was not raised the same way as my favorite artist. I was not in the same town as my favorite artist, I did not see the same things. Like it's just gotta be something that actually is a piece of you. Otherwise it's just going to fall flat most of the time. Mm, Yeah. He talked once about there not being enough focus on creativity and music. In my opinion, as we get older, we have to force ourselves more and more to break out of the structure of life and imagine something. How do you keep your mind flowing freely? I only get into the studio
1: when I'm inspired and uh, have something that is worth putting down and exploring. And luckily, I'm not in the top 40 world. (laughs) I mean, it's not as accessible, but I am accessible to people who are willing to push the boundaries and the limits of art and how art is perceived. I don't have to fall into these rigid rules of verse chorus top 40 or what people are used to hearing oh we don't like that because it doesn't sound like anything we've heard before luckily my audience is kind of the opposite they're like more interested in something new and fresh of course you want to base it on something that people can relate to but it's fun not to have rules as an artist obviously you want to connect to people you want people to be able to connect to what you're doing it can't be so far out there that people just don't are not moved by it, aren't affected. So I try to keep a little bit of that and just go crazy and just be experimental. I mean, have fun with it. See how far we can push the boundaries and how far the deep, the rabbit hole goes.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> the, the, uh, music is probably one of the deepest rabbit holes of all time. Um, yeah. My friend one time told me, cause he started producing, I think like a couple years before me and he's like, Kyle, you remember how we used to play video games together? And I was like, yeah, he's like, music is a video game you will never beat. Uh He's like, you will just keep playing and you'll never, there's no end. You can just continue on and on and on. And I like that mystified me. And I was like, I'm in like, I want to, I want to try (laughs) that. That sounds great. Tipper's a very quiet man and he gets right to the show, then leaves the stage. I feel like if I was on stage playing my music, I'd get all inspired and want to say something. How do you interact with your fans on stage while you're doing a show, and what's your best method for making sure you only say what you need to?
1: Well, uh, I'm just gonna have to say tequila <laughs> <laughs> for both both answers. Um, I'm a really quiet person. I'm I'm shy as well. I like to be in the background and let the dancers be in the foreground. But as a performer, I know that I need to like connect with a certain energy to the crowd and so a couple shots of tequila really helps me do that but the downside is it also makes me say some really stupid shit sometimes (laughs) luckily mostly people either can't hear me or they don't care. Cut his mic. Or, Cut his mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had a few of those moments. He's gone too far. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had those moments. Hey, that's okay. We're all human. Yeah, but it it definitely like over time and doing more shows, I've gotten a little bit more comfortable up there to say a few words. And I've noticed that it really does help connect me to to people because they're listening to a bunch of instrumental music and to have a human voice in between here and there i mean i don't want to say too much i'm not trying to to ruin the vibe but to use my voice i think really helps like bring people's consciousness back um from from the uh ethereal realms (laughs) of the show so um yeah it's just with practice over time it's it's gotten better i guess
0: that's really cool. I think, honestly, my solution to this problem... Yours is a good solution. My solution to this problem is probably just going to be to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> so I can just talk the whole time. Yeah. Then maybe throw some music in every once in a while. But. That's cool. That's a good way, to But, uh, yeah, I, I love to talk too much, so I just don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I don't want to Kanye West it. No, you don't. He, yeah, he, he loves to hold his speeches. <laughs> Tipper was signed to Sony Records at... The age of 17 which i think is incredible how young did you start and do you feel the timing was appropriate for you
1: yeah absolutely um i studied music composition i was going to make film score it's what i really wanted to do in in college and then after college i discovered you know beats and i i started making music and incorporating my violin and when i was 24 i got my first record deal that had great distribution through universal and all of a sudden i had my music all over the world and it was like i was a beginner i had no idea i'm looking back i was totally not ready but it really helped me get my name out there and um, around the world in certain communities and i think the timing was great because it gave me kind of a jump start but from there, I've kind of dialed it back a few. I don't, you know, the industry has changed a lot. People don't buy CDs like they did when I was signed to the label. Um, it's all about streaming, live live shows. And uh, the business has changed. I've changed. The music has changed. And um, the journey continues.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I always admire artists that can span a couple of decades. Like the one that I always talk about is red hot chili peppers. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they've stayed some, they're like the Chuck Taylors of the music industry. Like, you know what I mean? Like for yeah. some reason, like they have always maintained just the same, like at one point it, they were very, very popular, but they've always maintained about the same level of popularity and their shows are still massive and they're just fucking cool and it i really really admire people that can last through different generations of music cuz like you said it changes so fast it changes so often it does and to be able to stay relevant and continue to do stuff like that while dealing with those changes is awesome and yep. admirable so yeah hats absolutely. off to you my friend thank you yeah no doubt last question that's related to this and then i'll just ask you a couple of podcast related questions mm-hmm. When is a time where you notice Tipper's influence making its way into what you do?
1: Obviously, when I was making sounds that um, were squishy and <laughs> aliens. Uh, I love alien clicks. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe I was uh, <laughs> abducted at some point <laughs> and uh, gene spliced. But uh, <laughs> no, but I, I just really connect to like kind of otherworldly sounds that that help you kind of travel through dimensions and uh, when i started hearing that in my music i also noticed that certain audience members would kind of disappear <laughs> it was maybe a little too much yeah too, too challenging Jarring. for some people but other people were like oh hell yeah that sounds so cool <laughs> like that's dope how did you do that like i don't know It was just fun i just do it for fun i love i love the I love pushing the boundaries. So I don't know when I first realized it, but (laughs) probably in the last, you know, five or seven years.
0: It's an interesting soundscape, that's for sure. Hearing futuristic, outlandish sounds and weirdly designed sounds is probably one of the coolest things about this current generation. And honestly, I've been hearing it a lot in like, other genres now too like yeah that's what's up in production right now and totally I think, like spacey weird sounding shit like i heard some r&b song the other day and it started out and i was like who is this and then i was like wait what yeah <laughs> wait i'm getting i'm getting serenaded right now i didn't know that um, yeah totally and it's
1: new to them yeah like if you hear it on the radio yep on a pop song like those listeners that's fresh that's new yeah we've been hearing that for you know 10 or so years yeah now. we've been
0: deep in it for sure <laughs> So a couple more questions. First of all, do you mind if I use a couple of your songs in this episode? That's great. To like, you know, showcase who you are and how you sound? Please. Thank please. you very much.
1: Especially the new album. That's yeah.
0: Coming out. Yeah. Um, and do you uh, have a title for that yet? Yes. The new
1: album is called Burning Rings of Helios. Ooh. The new direction, I'm sort of rebranding and I've been really inspired by the futuristic kind of circus mm-hmm. vibe um, my partner and the person i travel with is a contortionist and aerialist and we're incorporating that in the show and it's become a big part of the show and so the music is kind of like being tailored around that as well and it's got kind of this like twisted kind of circusy vibe still all the alien clicks and all the weird sexy ethereal sounds in the violin of course but we're kind of going in that direction of experimenting with the... Uh, not scary clowns or anything, but, you know, getting there, getting there. <laughs> well, that
0: that sounds very interesting, and that's, yeah. uh, it's nothing that I wouldn't expect from you, which is awesome, but I'm sure it will still be hard to expect anything. I'm I'm very interested yeah. to hear what that sounds like. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm definitely going to promote that for you. Thank uh, you. It sounds fantastic. On top of that, I also... I'm asking this just because an artist's opinion, I feel like, is pretty valuable in this day and age. How do you feel about the idea of this podcast, and how did you feel about these questions? I I thought it was really a great approach
1: to um, an interview, and I love it. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's like a great way to get an interview out there, you know, if somebody isn't in the mood to read it. So I hope there's some people out there checking it out
0: there definitely will be there's yeah. uh the, the response that i've gotten off of this from the people that actually do take the time to listen cuz i feel like you have to be already kind of into you you obviously at least have to be into art but you know into making a brand for yourself into making an artist out of yourself if that entertains you if that intrigues you you should be listening to the show because the details that are revealed here i think are a lot better than just uh you know hearing about your favorite experience in music. Like it's more so just about your experience in becoming an artist and it's not, it's not very easy, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely just like a learning experience about yourself all the way through and through and how far you're really willing to push yourself to make sure that this art ends up the way that you envision it. And I can't thank you enough for sitting down to talk with us about it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks man. I appreciate you having me and it's been really fun. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming to my small but wonderful house. I hope that the listeners get everything out of this that they need to, because I got a lot out of it myself. And if uh, if anybody wants to hear any more info, you can check all the links that I put in the description about Govinda and Tipper and just about anything else that we discussed on this show. Thanks again, Govinda. Sweet. Thank you. No problem. And that's that. What an interesting and intriguing approach to the sound and art in general. We covered such a large range of topics that make up some of the most mysterious and meticulous artists in the underground right now. As you can tell from this episode and the episodes prior, there is no limit to what you can achieve if you stay true to yourself. Life and art are very similar and it is possible to unlock your potential through discipline and belief in yourself. No one believes in anyone that doesn't first believe in themselves. Although we may ignore it sometimes, we are very intuitive animals and people can smell a lack of confidence a mile away. Do you? Don't listen to people that expect you to not grow or change or adapt to the future. Fuck anyone that doesn't encourage your own uniquity in life. Love yourself and people who vibe with you will add more love to that pile. Not everyone is going to like you or dig your tunes, paintings, poetry or whatever it is you do. But if you like it, why should it matter? Thank you all so much for listening to yet another episode of Uniquity Over Ubiquity. And as if the timing could not be better, Tipper just dropped a new album titled Jettison Mind Hatch, which is available on Bandcamp. And Govinda will be releasing his album Burning Rings of Helios on June 20th. You can find all related links in the description of this episode on anchor.fm slash Uniquity Over Ubiquity. Be sure to check out the playlist linked through Spotify in the description as well. Uniquity Over Ubiquity is available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All related links can be found on our Facebook at facebook.com slash Uniquity Over Ubiquity and Instagram at Uniquity Over Ubiquity. If you know of any other artists you'd like to hear on this show, please email us at management at UniquityOverUbiquity.com. Keep in mind we are not just looking for musicians. We find all art types interesting. Comedy, tattoo artists, visual designers, painters, opera singers, you name it. It's valuable to us if it's valuable to you in some way. Thank you so much for following me on my quest for knowledge in the seemingly secretive world of art and performance. Next month, we have Govinda's partner and dancer, Jordan, talking about Zoe Jakes from Beats Antique. Stay fine, stay tuned, and stay fine-tuned. See y'all soon.